The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered what the difference was between intuition being psychic, knowing what a medium was or an empath. Have you ever wondered why everybody's being called an empath these days? People who used to be called a psychic are now a medium. Is there a difference? If you've ever wondered whether you're an intuitive, a medium, a psychic, or an empath, today's your day because we're going to discuss what the difference is. And what do you do if you need intuitive information, how to handle your own empathy? And when you get information, what is it? Is it intuitive? Is it psychic? Is it coming from some other realm? Today's world, it's so common to see people being mediums when they used to be called psychics, empaths when they just used to be called sensitive. It's amazing that people know what they are. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to hopefully find out how you're wired for intuitive intelligence so you can find how to access as much information as you can to make correct decisions in your life. Shy, want a private reading because we're going to be doing free mini readings during the show. If you want a private reading with me, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. But subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever you get your podcasts. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on Mind Body Network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. And please, this forum is educational only. It is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you are in an emergency, please go to your nearest emergency room. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa Podcast on MindBodySpirit.fm Podcast Network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. So, you might think, what makes her think she knows so much about intuition? How is she going to tell me about intuition in my brain and my body? What gives her the, the idea she thinks she knows? Well, first of all, Credentials. I have a BA from Brown in biology 
an MD and a PhD. My PhD is in neuroanatomy, behavioral neuroscience, connecting all the pathways in the brain and neuropsychology, where I learned how to look at someone, watch them approach a topic or an exercise and can tell you how your brain is uniquely wired. I could do it whether a client was lying in a bed, had had a stroke, had a learning disability, something to that degree. I was taught by the preeminent people in neuropsychology, the great Edith Kaplan, who taught something called the process approach to neuropsychology. It used to be that people gave people batteries, battery tests, to evaluate someone to find out if there was something wrong with their brain. So if they got something wrong, they would get the that question wrong, and it would be marked wrong. And Edith Kaplan used to say that batteries are for cars and not for people. The process approach to neuropsychology looked at how a pe- person approached the problem, and it showed how the person's brain was wired on how they saw the world and how they processed information. It would not surprise you that I use the same the same methodology to approach people when I teach them intuition or to find out how their brain and body accesses the intuition. Every day I return calls for people who are inquiring about readings. And now my readings, my private readings are only are over two, are two hours long. Why do I return my own calls? Well, first of all, the person will say, my name is Mary Brown and I'm 48. Well, for one, what they don't realize is I immediately, as I'm giving them a script of what a reading is all about, I start to get information about who they are and how they're wired. I'm clairvoyant and clairaudient. We have five basic senses in our brain that we see the world. We have vision, hearing, body sense, smell, and taste. Intuition uses those pathways backwards. So for vision, we have clairvoyance. For hearing, we have clairaudience. For body sense, like I tap on your shoulder, clairsentience, clear smell, and clear taste. And yes, you can have smell. Some people will say, when I saw that person, I had a bad taste in my mouth. That's clear taste. And so on. So that's five, five, five senses. So when someone says intuition is a sixth sense, bad intuitive, bad intuitive, that's ridiculous. Because that's, we have so many different avenues of accessing intuition, depending on the process in which you perceive the world, in which your unique brain is wired. And then any interruptions, any porousness or sensitivity, for example, someone keeps texting me and that makes me not be able to focus. So I'm going to answer that text and turn it off. I am on the radio live. So that's the key to your intuition, sensitivity, empathy, or whatever you want to call it, or medium. That when you're trying to process information that you get in the world, whether it's focusing on a teacher in front of you, focusing on your work on the desk, focusing focusing on your partner in front of you, it's like a text. Ding! (laughs) Ding! Intuition is that ding in your head that interrupts the process. It's annoying. It's as annoying as the ding I just got with this text. And I don't know how to turn it off, just like you don't know how to turn your intuition off. People might say, Jesus, or higher power, or whatever you want to say it. You say whatever. I'm sure you use another word. Can't you turn your intuition off? No, you can't. Because if you figured out a way of turning turning off the text. (laughs) See how stupid it is? I said, I have a live radio show. So she texts back. (laughs) 
thumbs up as if to not get the point. Do not text. So the thing is, you might do the, the bubble technique, okay, to block out intuition. You don't realize that you might use the bubble that blocks out one form of intuition, but it doesn't work for dreams. It doesn't work for other forms of intuition. It's just the thumb. It's not the rear end or some other form of intuition. It's just one modality gets through to you. Meaning the bubble doesn't work for everyone. In fact, it doesn't work or everybody be using the bubble and no one would be being sick and no one would have to go to an intuitive and saying, stop them, stop this situation from happening to me. How do we even exist? How do we even focus in school or anything else? How do we even get married or have significant others and be able to focus on them? Only you. You know that song by the Platters. We wouldn't be able to have songs like Only You because we'd be having dings, dangs, and we wouldn't be able to focus. And that is, we have basically two parts of our brain. We have the top and we have the bottom. The bottom the whole, basically the whole bottom of the brain is the temporal lobe, the limbic system. And that is emotions, intuition, relatedness, and um, spirituality. And the top is a lot more, but a lot of it has to do with the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is the muzzle, the mute, the sensor. It helps us block out the ding, block out the text message, block out everything. Notice I have a frontal lobe the size of the state of Rhode Island. Maybe Newport, which is a part of Rhode Island. Maybe a part of Newport, like maybe an alley. <laughs> a tiny amount. We all have a frontal lobe and it has hormone receptors that keep it stuck on. So it keeps our trap shut. However, when we have our hormones go up, up and down, up and down, whether we have ovaries and menstrual cycles, our frontal lobe goes up and down, up and down, and, and intuition floats out of our mouth, out of our health, out of our dreams, or out of our actions. We might find ourselves making gestures, making mannerisms, our facial expressions are giving rumors, and despite our desire to be pleasant, we aren't so pleasant. But then after we stop ovulating, we have ovaries, it's as if nothing matters. But then at midlife, when our ovaries take a siesta, the hormones go down in our frontal lobe and bingo, bango, we lose our sensors and we become an intuitive on a stick. As I was putting on my eyeliner a minute and a half before this show, it's my nod to trying to look normal. I try to show some of the reasons why I find someone to be more intuitive, porous, psychic, medium, empath, which I'll get into what I think are the differences. One, Part of the way I do two-hour readings is they have to send a consent form. Consent form acknowledges we're not having a physician-patient relationship. I'm not giving you a diagnosis, prescribing treatment, or doing psychotherapy. Everyone's intuition is based on, well, what you came in the world to do. For me, for me, I do bodies. I can see bodies in technicolor. Ever since I can remember, I could see into people's lives. My family told me I was nosy. In fact, even though I didn't like to read or write, from a very early age, I would write an entire page, single-spaced, about a person's life. And my mother would go, God rest her soul. She'd go, do you know this person? I went, no. She said, you're getting a lot of details about their life. I said, I know. It would wig her out. The other thing is I could know what was going on ahead of time before I saw someone in the emergency room when I was a medical student. It helps because ahead of time, I could research how to work up a gallbladder, a urinary tract infection, and so on. And though I use my left brain intellect to diagnose, intuition gave me extra time to read 
when I got home about the disorders so I was better prepared. And I found out that nurses, all kinds of people used intuition combined with intellect to make correct decisions. However, I noticed that many people who were intuitive tended to be that temporal lobe-centric person. They were unusual. They tended to be, and this is page, I think it's 11 of the intuitive advisor. Moody, irritable, anxious. And within two seconds, you could get in an argument with them for no reason whatsoever. I mean, it could be about a Twinkie, a ruler, a pencil. Well, you weren't even interested in a pencil to begin with. And I'm one of those people. It's like, that's my pencil. Well, why don't you use a pen? I don't know. Today, I, I felt like using a pencil. Moody, irritable, anxious, high-strung, blunt, passionate. I've been told I never win any awards in diplomacy. And how I feel about something is never a mystery, despite the, the real Mona Lisa smile was mysteriously deadpan. The other thing is, when you get them on the phone, there's something I call consent form behavior. There's always a problem, and it's almost always electrical. They're, they could be the most efficient office person. It's not the person who says, I don't do technology. It's as soon as they get started with it, it's all the fuses blew in their house. Or their printer burned down. There's always some kind of electrical burn phenomenon. It's huge. The other thing is they have difficulty with phones. They will tell you that they tried all their phones they set up Zoom. They use multiple computers. And the moment the reading started, there was a problem. It stopped working. The recorder stopped working. There's something about electromagnetic waves that are a problem. And it's not cutesy pie like, oh, I'm a psychic. I have no, it gets in the way because they really want to tape the problem. That they really want to tape the reading. What's interesting is that the temporal lobe is very sensitive to electromagnetic waves. And that's the area for intuition, relatedness, and spiritual phenomenon. When you, people have seizures, which are electrical in the temporal lobe, they're more likely to have spiritual or intuitive phenomenon. Many of the great saints who had ecstatic divine events in their life. Teresa of Avila, Catherine de Ricci, Teresa Lestier, many of the great saints were very intuitive and they also have strange relationships and they're moody, irritable, and easy to get in a fight with. But those brain areas are connected in a network to empathy. That's the thing you need to know. That if you looked at areas in the prior lobe from mirror neurons. The supramarginal gyrus, that's, you can feel what somebody else is feeling. There's also another area in the parietal lobe, the area for sensing in one's body, the second sensory area. And this is, um, also feeling or putting oneself in one's another person's place. All of those are connected to an area on the tip of the, the below, least the lowest part of the frontal lobe or the, the third, what people think is the third eye. It's right behind the middle of your head. It's called the insula. You really can't say it if you have a lisp. In fact, the whole area you can't say if you have a lisp. Insula. And the insula goes right via the limbic system, down the hypothalamus, to the pituitary, to the body, all the organs. And that's, in essence, how your 
feeling of what's going on with someone else, the so-called empathy, gets translated into your body feelings. That's what I call resonance. And that is when you're sitting with someone and they're feeling something that's similar that you felt, you say, quote, I feel for you. I know what that feels like. You have to be very careful because that's resonance. You know when you're in a wedding and you go like this on the top, you rub at the top of a wine glass or a champagne glass that's really good high-fidelity glass, your glass, depending on how much it's filled, will go, and if there's another glass in the room that's filled up to a similar amount, it will go, and that's the same thing. If another person has memories in their brain and body, and we know memory is a network that's in our brain and body. We know that from white cells have memory and so on. That if you have similar traumatic memories in someone else, you are more likely to feel with them or resonate with them, and your body will resonate with them. And it will evoke the same feelings. It has been said that perception, seeing, hearing, feeling, smell, and taste those pathways backward, intuition, clairvoyance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, clear smell and taste, those backward pathways, intuition, are related to memory. That's how we process memory. It's the reverse of perceptions, perception inward. It's inner tapes. Yeah, it is. So per- perhaps intuition in part, the part that's empathy, is you felt that before. Oh my God, where did I feel this? And yeah, you're right. How about deja vu? Where have I been that way before? People who have hyperactive temporal lobes, the cats are fighting. I can't get over this. This is always so boring. People have hyperactive temporal lobes who tend to have more intuitive events who are hyper-spiritual also are more likely to have deja vus in clusters. So the whole concept of where did I, what, was this happen before? Could be related to resonating. When you feel for someone empathy, it may be related to you have a body memory of that and you resonate with that other person. Carolyn Mays yelled at me once, must you reduce everything to a neurological construct? No. Sometimes intuition is just intuition. In tuition. It's an inner form of perception. I'm just trying to make sense of it. The point of the matter is, it happens. And neuroscience, neuroanatomy knows that it's a, a normal byproduct of our brain and body that helps us make correct decisions. Now then, but we have people who call themselves different names. I hate to reduce it to panty lines, panty liners, but we got minis, maxis, wings, and all kinds of things. But by and large, they're the same product. They just look different. And in essence, they do the same thing. I don't know why I have to have 5 million cats here right now. I got one here. I got one there. I don't know why, but we got everybody here. This is a heavily populated region. So I'm sorry for the extra noise. So you got a right brain, you got a left brain, and you got a body. Your right brain divided in half. Half of it is you. Half of it is somebody else. And the degree, the boundary, the degree that you can keep separation between you and other people's feelings, sometimes it gets worn down by trauma. Some of the best, most accurate intuitives are people who've had trauma and tragedy because the trauma 
cortisol and epinephrine wears, wears down the boundaries, the pathways in your brain. Cortisol makes white matter leaky. But it also makes you frontal lobe leaky as well, and it's harder for you to block out the divine. So really, the right brain is you, other people, and of course, the divine. So really, you have three places. For health, we have to bring all of those entities to the left brain, name them, respond effectively, and release them. Good luck with that. Because just like the text message, it's very hard to block out, to balance the outer world and the dings, the intuitive dings, what the divine is telling you, your soul. And how do you know? Maybe it's wishful thinking. And no, you don't know. You have to get a therapist, a counselor, a spiritual advisor to let you know, because a lot of people will say, because I feel. No, you don't. Because I feel like I'm going to win the lottery. Because I feel that he or she is Mr. 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 Right. No, you don't. You just don't know. Because maybe your picker's off. Maybe you're blind. Maybe you keep making the same mistake over and over again. Humility is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. Then the connection to the divine or the other realms. is, in essence, for some people, the dead. So some people, it's like a switchboard. They connect via the dead to other information. So they've got to connect to a switchboard, a dead person, to get information. That is a medium. So, for example, in a lab, when you want to get saline or, excuse me, you want to grow something, um, you have to put it in a medium, a buffer or something like that. That's what that form of intuitive does. They need a buffer. I call it a buffer because I'm from Rhode Island. Buffer. The medium is the solution, like milk or water, whatever, through which the intuitive information is dissolved. It's simple or not so simple. Some people somehow, to get information, they have to go down the hallway, take a right, find Aunt Sophie, and then talk to Aunt Sophie about the information, write it down, and then tell the client. There must be some reason why they have to do that. That's the way they are. What's interesting is there's a guy named Tyler. And Tyler is very interesting because Tyler does something that I do. He has to write everything down. Whenever he's talking to someone, he's scribbling. And it was interesting. A lot of people who have temporal lobe phenomenon, they have hypergraphia. They write all the time. They write all the time. They write all the time. And they have a lot of times fountain pen fetishes. Carolyn Mace and I both have a fountain pen fetish because we're always writing things down. So when I watched Tyler Henry, I went, son of a gun. He's always writing things down, writing things down. And it's not like you need the pen or the writing, but somehow you like need it. It's like a pitcher and he's chewing tobacco or gum. They can't pitch unless they're chewing. I don't know what it is. And if they say, well, just don't chew on that gum. It looks bad on TV. Then they can't pitch as well. It's not about the gum. The other one is about the psychic. This is semantics. Because it used to be when you walked down 42nd Street in New York City, intuitive was a long, multi-syllable word. Intuitive is four syllables. It doesn't look as good on a neon sign. Psychic. Psychic is two syllables, and it, it it's better when you have a flashing neon sign. I've never seen intuitive, intuitive on a neon sign, so it doesn't catch you as much. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? 
Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Usually, intuitives give also two-syllable solutions or information. They just do. I've listened to that before. They give you, it's not as much detailed or complex. But then the people who go to them, they're not asking for detailed, multi-syllable information. I've had people call me and said, I went to a psychic named Madam Sophie. And she said something about my left ankle. Can you tell me if that's correct? And I said, I'm not a psychic and I don't do monosyllable answers because I can't. I'm intuitive. It's more detailed. I can't explain it to you. I couldn't answer a question in two syllables if you put a gun to my head. I can't do it. I can't do it. And besides, you wouldn't want me to. At the end of two syllables, you'd say, is that all you have to say to me? And you'd be bad <laughs> because you expect more from me. It's like in China, people go to who they want, depending on what they need. So I've addressed intuitive, psychic, and medium. And the last medical intuitive, everyone to some degree is a medical intuitive because you got a body. So your body through symptoms is like a dashboard will let you know when something is out of balance. The problem is you ain't a mechanic. And a lot of times you don't understand the meaning of the rattles, the flashes, the lights. And you might have a decoder ring. You might have a map somewhere that says ankle is this. Gallbladder is this. You might have the chart of the chakras. But it's more complicated than that. As a, as a mechanic will tell you. You'll say, so the oil is leaking on the ground in my garage. So that means I have a hole in my oil line, right? And they'll look at you like you've been listening to that, this old car show on PBS, right? <laughs> and you go, how'd you know? Because you're wrong. <laughs> did you try to fix the oil line? Actually, I did and had a little problem. The whole thing fell out. Good. Good, because that's what happens. It's more simple than that. Oil doesn't equal oil leak. Something could be something else wrong with it. It's a little bit more difficult than that. So the answer is, I don't talk to dead people. I'm not a medium. And when someone says, are you a medical medium? I say, no, I'm either rare or well done. And they never laugh. No one finds that funny. <laughs> no one finds that funny. I say, I don't talk to dead people. I don't even wear black. They say it's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing because a medium talks to the dead to get information. They got to go down the street, take a right to talk to Aunt Sophie. They never find that funny either because they don't take the leap. Psych I'm not a psychic either. They love to call it a psychic, but I'm not a psychic. So there you have it. Don't try to be what you ain't but try to be who you are. Every year, this is gratuitous pitch. I'm not, <laughs> I am not a good business person, which lends me to the last. If you are an intuitive, you have a double D temporal lobe and a double A frontal lobe. What does that mean? You're disorganized. You're usually bad at business. You're disinhibited. You make bad decisions. You cry at inappropriate times. You may even yell at inappropriate times. You may swear like a sailor. At other times, you're like, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And then you'll have a memory problem. And you're like, I just forgot what I was about to say. This is a gratuitous pitch. But it's like baggage claim. 
at the airport. It will come around. This is my pitch. Once a year for seven days in the summer, I teach people how their intuition is wired in their brain and their body. It starts when you're coming down the parking lot. Actually, it's, it's a driveway, which is newly paved, new and improved. And then there's a circus tent in the front yard. This time, this year, I can actually walk on the lawn because my spine has been fixed. As Dawn can tell, last year it was pretty pathetic. I could not walk on the lawn, but this year I can. I can feel my feet. Suffice it to say, I teach people how their intuition is wired. And we have examples, we have exercises. There are it's multimedia, there's songs, there's singing, there are treats, and so on. There is there is mysticism involved. And so if you want to know how your intuition is wired for brain and body, and you'll say, but I already know I'm a psychic. Yes, but don't you want to be more accurate? How do you get to Carnegie Hall? You practice. So I give you the name and the age of someone, and I say, tell me about them. And you're like, I need to see him. Too bad. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, she's a bitch. I'm telling you right now. You can and you will be able to do this. I've had people take four-year programs and on a weekend they say they've learned more because I'll give you an example and then I'll take questions. Dawn, who's on the show today, I think she was here this time. There was a lady in my class and she couldn't do the exercise. And she wouldn't do the exercise. She was a very durable person. I think you know what I mean by durable. And she said, I want what everybody else, their examples, I want to be able to choose. I said, you can't. That's the way life is. You cannot choose. You have to get the intuitive hit about what you pick out of the hat. She said, but I don't want to. I said, okay. And I asked two guys from the audience because they have strong. I said, open the garage door and I got a box out. I said, what's in the box? She said, what? I can't do that. I said, you can and you will. See, I'm telling you, please, you have to understand there's also a connection with intuition and faith. Because you have to understand, this is when internally I start to say Hail Marys because I'm part Catholic and part Jewish, but we won't get into that one. So I start saying Hail Marys because this takes a hell of a lot of faith in me because I have to know that this person can really do this. Otherwise, it makes me look wet. Well, damp or whatever the phrase is, or wet or whatever. So she says, I can't do it. I said, you're wasting time. <laughs> so I said to the other people, hey, nothing to see. Move it on. You have your own exercises. So they start doing their exercises and she looks up at me and I went, get busy. So she takes the crayons and she starts to draw. And she draws a red shovel. I got to get this right. A yellow daisy and a green trash can or something like that. And I'm looking at it going, what the, <laughs> I have to figure it out. And she says, you don't know what I'm doing, do you? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. And she said, I don't know what's in the box. I said, I'm saying internally, hell, Mary, full grace, the Lord is thee, blessed art thou, blessed the food of thy womb, Jesus. It's because of the ways I was raised, but you'll learn about that story if you come to the class. And I went, oh, oh I figured it out. <laughs> like, I couldn't do this if I didn't have faith. I said, I know exactly how you got it. She said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. I said, what is yellow and green and red in our culture? I don't know. I said, yes, you do. I don't. I said, yes, you do. She's very smart. She says, it can't be a stoplight. You have two stoplights in your house. I said, really? Really? That's what people do with intuition. They always discount or ignore or deny the right answer. It's like taking an exam. They cross out the first thought and then they get it wrong because it was always the first thing that came to their mind. So I said to the two people who opened up the garage door and got the, 
the box up. I said, open the box. And there was a big highway-sized stoplight. She went, oh my God, how did I do that? I went, you intuited it. You are a clairvoyant. By the way, what do you do for a living? She said, I'm an eye surgeon. I said, oh my, yes, she's an eye surgeon. I said, you, she said, I gave it up. Why'd you give it up? She said, I went into nutrition. Oh my God. I said, you became an eye surgeon. You're clairvoyant. That's what I mean by intuition develops in the area it's needed. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. We've been talking about intuitives, mediums, psychics, empaths. And is there a difference? See, I've, I became pre-med when I was age seven. Do you think I want... Actually, I did see someone who was dead when I was four. But I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to go into medicine and be a scientist. So what would I do? I'd see bodies. I was not interested in dead people. Anybody have a question? I'm here for you. But not if you're dead. We've already done that. Um, Annalita, how can I be of help? And then we'll go to other people. Yes, Annalita. I don't understand. Wired backwards. You had explained earlier that intuitive sense is being wired backwards. I don't know. I can't fathom. I mean, I can't visualize that. Can you explain that? I give a different picture. First of all, before I say anything, now when you speak, I smile because late night I had no business, but I was listening to um, Instagram. And there was a comedian who pretended like she was a German mother. So every time she'd come to the door and she'd go to her kids, you should be doing your homework. <laughs> she said, just like you. And she said, let's play a game. <laughs> she was hilarious. Let's play United Nations. I will be Italy and I will be late. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was very funny. Anyway, she's done just like you, even though you're not from Germany, you're from Austria, Switzerland or Austria. I am from Germany. Oh, well, they, well, she sounded just like you. There you go. It has to do with, for example, something comes from your ear, cranial nerve eight, to um, Heschel's gyrus area, um, primary auditory cortex. And then it goes feed forward toward the hippocampus for memory. But then when it talks, when it has to do with inner imagery, the cat's going, oh, I'm getting imagery about food. When it comes to inner imagery, like that reminds me of that time I ate there. It goes from the networks that are laid down in your brain and body. And the hippocampus evokes them. And they get feed, they use those pathways backward. They go in the opposite direction. Do you understand? So, inner imagery, the pathways go in the opposite direction, which is why the same thing auditory as well. That's why those pathways in that direction, when someone has auditory hallucinations, internally generated voices. And thought disorder, that's schizophrenia. But you can have internally generated images that aren't associated with other aspects of psychiatric illness, and that can be intuition. Are you following me? I am. I'm, I, I re-listen to that and, and draw it or think about it. Um. You took my class only once, and it was when it was in that hotel, right? If you took it again, I have a graphic. It's hard to show without a graphic. And the whiteboard on this program on Zoom is absolutely insane. If I if I started to do the whiteboard, I think this whole Zoom meeting would combust 
which pretty much proves the point of electrical, which actually is what happened not last week, but the week before, where like an hour before this was supposed to go on New Year's Eve, the electricity, no, excuse me, the internet went out for no reason whatsoever. The entire block, which my next door neighbor said, it's freakish. It just went out. I went, yeah, I know. It always did. After I completely, um, you know, sent out all these invitations. Anyway, I hope that answers that question. This is related to inner imagery, inner reverie. So, for example, I used to do this all the time. I would listen to a tape over and over again, songs over and over again. And then I called it programming my brain. So then when I walked around for the next, the rest of the day, I would hear those songs playing inside of my head. Am I having auditory hallucination? No, I'm hearing inner imagery or um, playback. You know, when you listen to something on the Today Show, a um, singer will sing something. And then at the end, right before the commercial, they'll play it back. And they're just, it, the tape is rewinding. That's it. It's rewinding. It's going backwards. Got it? Except it's not backwards sounding. It's playback. It's playback. Instant replay. It's a replay. Got it? It just goes backward. Anyway, somebody else had a question? Somebody did. Go ahead, Dawn. Go ahead. Yes, you're uh, you're uh, muted. Am I unmuted? Uh, you're unmuted, Dawn. Okay, good. Um, nice Chihuahua in Savannah. What's their name? Charlie. Garland. Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Jeez, Charlie the Chihuahua. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, how can I be of help? Uh, so I feel my hormones leaving my body, and um, and I'm not sure. Like they, I think. Well, my GYN said you should take if you. I they didn't want me to get into a heavy flow cycle, so I don't want to take progesterone. Um. So anyway, this has to do with my capacity to think clearly because clearly I'm not thinking clearly, and I'm. Okay, first of I'm all, like hold on, wait a minute, back it up. Things that are really funny and okay, then Hold on one second. Hey, if you hang this up, someone's going to lose a tail. Listen, <laughs> she's fooling with the phone, and the next thing is she'll disconnect the, the plug of this because she knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> Cat's fickle. Um, do you know that not thinking clearly is a diagnosis? <laughs> well, let's just say I'm forgetful. Is that a diagnosis? Um, no. <laughs> let me explain. Okay. For Christmas, I was upset. And I wanted to tell my next door neighbor. So I saw him. And as I saw him, I started to pull my car over to the side of the road, but I misinterpreted the distance between him and the mailbox, and I <laughs> took out his mailbox and also the side of my car. Sorry, that sucks. Not funny, because it was kind of like one of those things you do when you're incredibly traumatically head injured. The point was I could diagnose it precisely, but I did it. And what was worse is I didn't get really even upset because I was so happy that, you know, I'm doing better physically, but really, and which reminds me, I have to call the car dealership to find out how much the damage is, but, you know, it's can hardly, but and he just looked at me. So, you know, within 24 hours, I bought him another mailbox. That was that. This was Christmas Eve. So is that not thinking clearly? Well, there's a lot of things about that. Um, you're losing estrogen and estrogen changes the cellular organization in the hippocampus, which is important for attention and laying down memory. That was clearly a dis 
a problem with focus attention and disinhibition, which I don't want to get into the mailbox phenomenon, which was really ridiculous. Suffice it to say, can you give me an example of not thinking clearly? I think it's more like forgetting, like I'll move something and then put it somewhere. And then I'll just go, where did that go? And then I'll look around for it. And then I find it. And I didn't remember where I had, where I put it within okay. seconds. So. Okay. That's not memory. Memory is um, like a movie. You have a visual tract, a hearing tract, and a body sense tract. They all progress toward the hippocampus, and it takes up to 15 minutes for it to get there. 15 minutes of paying attention, and it's tagged if it's behaviorally relevant, meaning this is important. Don't you understand? It's really important what I put, where I put the cover of the ketchup. The safety of mankind is, is hanging by a thread of where I put the cover of this ketchup bottle right now. It isn't. So it's not behaviorally relevant. Right. So you're walking around, okay, and you're you put ketchup on something, and you but first of all, you put the, the cover down somewhere and you pour in the ketchup. And then you look for the cover. It's like, what the hell? And then you get upset, okay. And that causes further problems. Let me explain to you why that's a problem. It's what I call putting the quiche in the Ziploc bag drawer and putting the Ziploc bag box in the refrigerator. <laughs> refrigerator. <laughs> it's only yeah. to find out a month later a bag of quiche fossilized. <laughs> in this closet. It's like, what? And how did this happen? And then I have to analyze neuropsychologically the error. And that is, that's your trouble, right hemisphere with divided emotional attention. As you would call right brain intuition is dividing emotional attention between what's going on inside of you, your emotion with what's going on outside of you. Capiche? Now, you always may have had difficulty with that. This may be a difficult time for you as well. Some things may be going on for you. This is the reading part. I smell a reading coming. This may be a difficult time for you where some things are going on that are making it hard for you. So with that internal upheaval, it's hard for you to have enough outer resources to pay attention to what's going outside. So most of it's going inside of how to sort out this issue, which has to do with vocation, which has been going on for a long time because somehow it's not treating you well. And so you're still in turmoil about that outside. So there's not enough Watts, if you're 100 watts, 70 of them are focused inside to illuminate this problem. So only 30 of them are paying attention to what's going on with the ketchup. So you say all of this is hormones when really it could be something else because you know what? Everybody blames it on the hormones. Can you imagine? that you will then go on hormones. When if you have a heavy period and you are 20 or 30 pounds or 40 pounds overweight, your hormones are stored in your body fat. And blood and saliva levels of hormones are not appropriate measurement of what's going on. That mm -hmm. changes in cognition for you are really related to changes in hormones and not the net amounts. And if you were to take progesterone, it would help with blood stabilization, brain stabilization of anxiety and mood. 
but it would then get switched very quickly to estrogen. Within a month, your serotonin levels would go down and you'd be more irritable and moody. So I would find out, find out what's going on internally and fix that. And then I would, um, before I put on hormones, I would try to take a mood stabilizer like DHA, try to take something with serotonin like 5-HTP if you're not already taking something, and then more aggressively deal with what's inside of you. But for the time being, be kind on yourself and say, you know what? I have so much going on internally that I'm going to be making mistakes. That's why, to some degree, when I took out the mailbox, what would have really upset me and gotten myself really in a tizzy, I didn't. Because I realized, given what else was going on for me, it was nothing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was absolutely nothing. And it just reminded me that I probably shouldn't be driving a lot because I'm absent-minded and I need to focus more on what my recent events have that have taken its toll. And I, I need to let the toll come back because it's been taken. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have somebody aggressively push you into this vocational change because enough already with the internal processing. You have to unplug the blender. Do you understand? Because with your own devices, it's not going to change. And then you're going to do the proverbial, well, you know, I know some people who've spent 10 years through their 30s trying to fix something. And then by the time they get to the 40s, they go, well, must be the hormones. When really... Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have breast cancer and you think that I'm losing it. So I should go on hormones because I took out a mailbox. What's my problem? No, I'm upset. Yesterday. I was hurrying up really fast because someone was coming to help me get these boxes out of here with pseudo mirrors. And I ran, banged my head and ultimately my spine against the door because a mop was trapped. And it was so hurt, so bad. I started to cry because it was like, it made my leg spasm. And it was like, I cried. I was upset. I beat myself up. And it was like, you have to be easy on yourself. You're absent-minded. So focus on giving yourself something to pay attention. But something tells me that you had difficulty paying attention earlier, that you have a different form of paying attention, that you always had problems with divided attention earlier in your life. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you want? What do you think is going to happen that you're going to become a Eric Severide? <laughs> really? You sound like and look like someone, you know, who had a little bit of, who may have been chased by the Ritalin Corporation. <laughs> no. Is that correct? Oh, so no. changes in estrogen, dopamine, estrogen is dopamine. Hello? So when estrogen is going up and down, so is your dopamine. And Ritalin is just a big vat of dopamine. So there are other things that you can do for attention, like acetyl-L-carnitine, go to cola. Did you get it? But that's mm-hmm. not going to solve your problem because you're still going to have, you're going to have, you're going to say, this isn't working because still you have trouble with the divided attention of what's going on. Got it? Mm-hmm. Got it. I hope I have been of some help. But but you know what? It's still, there's something intuitive that's going wrong with you at work that makes you more porous and more sensitive to what's going on. Because when you go 
through menopause, you lose that frontal lobe filter. So the longer you maintain your stance, stuck them, the worse you're going to have filtering what's going on and making a decision. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And thus, the harder it is for you to pay attention. Because divided attention is right hemisphere, but focused attention is frontal lobe. And that's, you're having a little problem there because the hormones are going down. Did you get it? Mm -hmm. Get a coach. But I'm warning you, if you're heavy and you have heavy flow, it's not a hormone deficiency. It's just the opposite. Aerobic exercise once a day for 30 minutes, either on an exercise bike, spinning, something like that. Do a bowl of whole oats in the morning as if it were medicine to lose the body fat and convert the weight to lean body mass and your heavy flow will start to go away. Do you understand? I hope I have been as help, but something bothering you. Good luck. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast. Live well, do right, live brilliantly. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.